I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess, and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're talking about the entrepreneur's journey and how to create a healthy workplace for your team along the way. Ooh, oh, maybe you should have my staff in here for oh this. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. They're all just beautiful sitting out here. You guys can't see us. We're in Brian's amazing office, but... Can't wait to dive deep in today's episode. You know, I think it's going to resonate so strongly with the amazing, ambitious women listening. So there's so much to cover today, Bryony, but Mm. to get us started, can you share with us your thoughts on how to identify a healthy versus a toxic workplace culture? Look, I think if you've got people leaving every other day, that's kind of probably really written in, you know, this is written on the wall that it's not great. Um, I just think that if you've got people that are constantly bitching about the workplace, the work, their managers, if there's that bitchiness, that's just, oh, really? Like, I mean, I've had so many different little careers along the way before working for myself. And, you know, a a good role could turn sour very quick if the environment was crap. And I, I would give up a great environment and a, a lesser role any day um, than having a really amazing role and a shitty environment. Like it's the environment is is everything. And to me, a healthy culture is one where the team without even asking goes above and beyond for you and your business. It's it just is something that become it's just natural to them to want to be involved, to want to help, to put their hand up and or, or, or you come in and they're here before they're supposed to be. You know, that's the healthy culture, but that's because they get that from management or from the the owner as well. That you know, it's it's that whole flow down effect, isn't it, from, you know, the top levels of management. You know, if if they feel that they're not respected, they're not going to give that back to you. Mm. Oh, I love how you bring up respect because I think that's really Mm. what it comes down to. And I think so many of us have lost sight or perhaps been in cultures and environments that just that's never Mm. been the core kind of value. And so therefore, you know, in our own practice, we lose sight. But how can we cultivate that level of genuine and mutual respect in a workplace. Yeah, I think uh, look I think you're definitely right. It's it's respect. I think often people get caught up with how whether it's the the employee, how much money I'm making or the business, how much money am I making? The business could also be focused on you know, just who we are and the brand and how awesome we are and the employees only really care about their status. I think that becomes quite 
toxic. I get that everybody has, um, or, or not everybody, but some people like to grow and, and move and they like to earn more money. I understand all of that. And of course, businesses need to as well. But if that becomes the be all and end all, then that becomes quite toxic because you've got people just fighting for different positions, the highest pay, you know, the company just value their profits and and nothing else. And, you know, I don't work that way. And for me, I've always just kept it really simple. Just don't treat anyone the way you wouldn't want to be treated. It's really not any, there's no science to it. There's no managerial course behind it. It's just literally, I don't expect my staff to do anything I wouldn't do. Um, And that foundation of expectation and level of respect has just funneled down. And now we've got a really solid foundation here at Adorn where all the managers think the same way because they obviously, they started out with me and, and they've moved into management and then other staff come along and then they, they see that culture and it just emulates through everything that you do. And so, you know, the, the team will see me empty bins. The team will see me make coffees for them. They, you know, I'll move boxes around. I'll help picking and packing. I'll help put lids on for production and have a chat to them. Um, you know, I'll sit down with each of the staff in more of the office and, you know, how are you going? What are you up to? Where, you know, is there anything I can assist you with? It's having enough respect. Gen- like, don't just say you respect people. It's showing that you respect them. And one of my things... Uh, I guess one of my real core beliefs is that no one is any better than anyone else because every role is vital to the end result. And it's one of the reasons that I proudly have everybody on one level in an open plan office situation. My desk is surrounded by everybody else's. I don't have my own special room. Like I don't need, you know, I want to be in amongst it. I mean, shit, I love what I do. I love, I love everybody and what, what's going on. Like I'm hungry to hear what's happening. Like I want to be involved. I don't need like, Oh, I've got my own room. I've got status here. Like, you know, yes, I need quiet sometimes. I'll just work from home then if I need to get some thinking done. Um, but you know, we've got the product, we've got a small production team and a pick pack team. They're right next to the office. Like they're not down in some warehouse and I'm not begrudging anyone that has to do it that way. Like I, but for me, it's about having everyone on the same level, open plan. We could all see each other. So everybody knows where one department might be struggling and needs help. So the office staff just get up and help them because they've seen me do it. You know, I've set that expectation that we're all important. I don't care whether you're the marketing manager, operations manager, pick pack person. Um, you know, I don't care. It's, it's just, and, and I am no, no more important than they are. It's, it's as simple as that because without one cog, the whole wheel doesn't work. It breaks. So if you don't genuinely believe that and you don't genuinely walk that through your environment, your staff and your team will notice that. You know, it's all good and well for you to say, oh, you know, you're a valued employee. Like, come on. Like, that's like, it's, it's, they need to see it and feel it. And when they do, you just get a beautiful bunch of people that, you know, message me at 10 o'clock at night and say, Bryony, um, I just had an idea. I thought of this or, oh, I'm still here. It's 11 o'clock. Do you mind if I, 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 I hope you don't mind that I stayed back. No, I don't mind that you stayed back, but like get a life too. Like, come on. I don't want you to just all be about a door. That's lovely. Um, but you know, it's that understanding that the workplace is an extension of their life. It's mm. not, you know, they spend more time here than they do at bloody home. Like, so you do become, family and 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 have to be respectful you can't fight like you do with your family but you've but it 
becomes that. And so, you know, if someone needs to have a day off because of whatever, I don't think there's ever been a time I've ever said no. Like if someone has to leave early for, I just go, yep, sure. Yep, sure. Yep, sure. There's always the odd person that comes on board, takes advantage of that. They don't work in an unstructured, like we've got structure here, but it's also very flexible and relaxed. Now, not everybody can work in that environment. Some people need very regimented um, structure because they can't handle it. Um, and there have been people along the way that couldn't handle it or have taken advantage of it. And that that's where respect goes both ways. Respect goes both ways. Yes. Yes. I'm furiously nodding along. Mm. I want to talk a bit about vulnerability versus looking like you've got it together. I think as leaders and as entrepreneurs, sometimes we feel this pressure. I know I definitely do to, to always reassure the team that regardless of what we're going through, whether it's COVID or, or the lockdowns or whatever it may mm. be in, you know, in the, in the journey of, of business, that it's okay and we'll get through it. And there have been times I personally, although I am quite an open person, have questioned whether I should be so open and, and whether I should be vulnerable with my team. Yeah. How can we navigate that vulnerability piece and also still f- making sure that the team feels like they've got a grounded, solid base? Yes, understand. It's yeah. Tough. Look, I, I, yeah, that that is a tough one. I do believe that you need to be a solid foundation for your team, but they also need to understand that you are not um, unbreakable. So, yes, I am vulnerable with them, but do I walk in moody and, and upset every time something goes wrong? No. So that's where the fine line is. So you can be vulnerable around, you know, a life event that's happened or maybe there's something significant that's sort of occurred within the business and and you're feeling a bit frustrated. But there's a very – there's a difference between taking it out on them and sharing it with them, okay? So that's two different things. And it's also one thing to have those moments but to be having them all of the time over every little thing and you're just being narky and shitty and, oh, and I can't afford this and I, and we shouldn't be doing that because I've got no money. And, like, that's become whinging, okay? so that, And they don't need to know that. They want to know that their job's safe, safe. and secure. Um, but it's just also letting them know that you're a human as well. And and so for me, when there are those defining moments where I am genuinely a bit unnerved by something, I'll let them know. I'll say, look, I'm a little bit taken back by this and I wasn't expecting that. So today let's have a chat about it because I'm not. it's not sitting well with me. What is everyone else thinking? Um so have those conversations, but I think if you're constantly walking into the office and your mood's affecting everybody else, that's when you know you've you've overstepped it. Because ultimately, even with an environment like this where the staff just love being here and they really value their role, I don't expect them to love the brand as much as I do, okay? Ultimately, they want to go home and forget about stuff. They just want a secure job that pays for a lifestyle that they want. They don't want to take on my shit, okay? And and nor do I want to take on theirs every day either. I don't mind within reason, but when it becomes repetitive and it's small stuff, you know, that's where you've got that, that level of professionalism has to come into play. We need to be able to learn what is appropriate and when, um, and when it's also not tone deaf too, because your issues 
may not be an issue to someone else, okay? So, you know, you worrying about turning over X millions of dollars when someone's maybe struggling to pay for food, which is definitely not the case in my business, but if you've got a st- like that, you don't be talking about that because you're clearly not going to have any respect from that person. So just make sure you're not tone deaf in what you're discussing, Um you know, I would have to say that, you know, most mornings, you know, if I'm feeling a little bit tired or deflated or not deflated, it's not the word tired because I don't, I'm not a great sleeper. I'm a bit of an insomniac. You know, I do have to just get my shit together and just take a deep breath. And I come in and I'm like, good morning, everyone. And, you know, and I'm probably over the top, but if I don't have that burst of energy and I just come in, oh yeah, morning, where do I expect the staff to fit into that? Like the way you conduct yourself, you can only hope that maybe you might be met 80% and it's the way you dress. Uh, it's the way you speak to other people. It's basically everything you do sets the bar for what your team thinks is the expectation. And so you do have to set your bar a bit higher, but also, yes, you can be vulnerable at times. And, you know, the team has seen me cry, um, you know, for, for personal reasons and for business reasons. Every day, definitely not. Every month, definitely not. Okay. Um, am I honest with them about expenses and, and things like that? Yes. Uh, I let the production and all the team know, you know, where we're at with sales. I don't hide any of that because ultimately that's, I'm not ashamed of the business making money. You don't need to be secretive about that because if your business isn't making money, you can't employ people. It's not a bad thing, people. Like, you know, yell it to the world what you're turning over and, and what you make. It's not, it's that, that is just means you can actually do more for your community. Um, so the same goes because I share that, I candidly share them, you know, oh, okay, I've just got a tax bill that's this amount of money that I've got to, you know, so I just want to be careful with this this month. And I'm, I'm just really honest with them about it. Um, and I think you get, you, you get that in return. Like you don't have people making up bullshit why they can't come in or why they need to take time off or, you know, you get that level of respect back. Um, so for me, yeah, it's definitely being vulnerable to a point. Um, but you know, not being tone deaf and not, not being, um, to the point that it's becoming, you know, a damper on, on the whole group and the whole team. So, so valuable. You know, I just think, especially the, around the transparency piece. Mm. And as you said, it goes both, both ways. If you're being transparent about what's happening mm. in your life and in what's happening in your business, they're going to be transparent as well. And so I guess that leads us to this idea of when conflict arises mm. in the workplace. I mean, you know, it's bound to happen. Yeah. It's, you know, we're oh, all does, a family. Yeah. We it all does. work together every day. Well, half my team like, is my family. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got to- <laughs> <laughs> You're dealing with even more. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah. How can we navigate that, those tough times when mm. either a team member's not gelling or they're going through a tough time and it's affecting the rest of the team? What's your thoughts and philosophy on that? Yeah, look, as hard as that conversation is, you have to tell them that it's impacting other people. Um, and, you know, I think it's about having a sit down with them and working out what it is, how long this might go on for, what, what we could do as a business to help them in through that particular journey do they need to work from home for a few days do they need to change their hours a little bit um you know or do they just really need to have a hard look at themselves and and just change the way they're conducting themselves so it's really just having an unfortunate sometimes uncomfortable conversation that you've got to 
discuss someone's behaviour. Is this a temporary behaviour that we can assist you with and we, we understand life gets in the way? Or is this a, a behaviour that really we just don't condone here? Um, either way, you have to have that conversation and hopefully it's one that you can fix. And, yeah, there have been conversations that I've had with people over the, over the past um, where, you know, attitudes haven't been great and, and they had to be picked up on it and, you know, and, and they were glad that they were told that because I just kind of didn't recognise that. No one's ever told them that that is the way they come across. Um, sometimes it's been lifestyle things that they've had to just get their head head around a different way of doing things and then, you know, and they've picked up and, and they've changed the way they do things for the better. Um, you know, we can all grow and be better. I mean, I, I know even... Um, as the the CEO and the founder, that there's things that the, the, the team uh, pick on me about, and I'm conscious of, and I think, okay, well, yeah, I could I could definitely manage the way. Like probably one of my downfalls is my lack of uh, response in my emails and text messages. So anyone that's received an email or a text from me would know you'd be lucky to get more than two words out of me, um, which is probably surprising when you hear me speaking because I get a lot out. But I'm more, uh, I'm just. I'm not great with that. It's because I'm just like, get to the point, get, get on with it. Yep. K. All right. Like, you know, they pick on me because I, I, instead of okay, I put K. Like you, you don't even, Short and sweet. you I don't mean. even give us the, the O, like honestly. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I, I have my failures or faults and things. And, um, sometimes I laugh it off. Other times I'm conscious of it and make more effort because I know that that can be, um, misconstrued people especially they're new they're like shit they're like, See, I, I just, not happy today <laughs> I just got a K yeah. like is that normal or do I resign like what yeah. so I'm I, I get that so we all can grow and we can all um learn from each other and if we're impact if our behavior is impacting other people you of course have to do something about that because it's not fair on them and everyone has the right to come to the workplace happy and in a happy environment because they're probably having shit at home they don't need to come and be paid to put up with it when they're putting up with it for free <laughs> like it's it's you know so and I think it's also important that everybody understands that we all don't know everything. We don't know what's going on in your life. We don't know what you're thinking at, at work sometimes. Um, you know, I'm always an advocate for telling the team that, Jesus, you know more than me about that now. I don't even know what stock's coming in today. Like, holy crap. But what a great position to be in that you don't know everything, but you can bring in people to your circle that know more than you, that can take that load off you. Um, that's what a real team is about people who share the load they're not precious they want to see you succeed they want they don't want to see someone upset and struggling they don't want to see someone you know busting their balls to get all the orders out nearly crying and in sweat like that's what a real team's about yes that's what a real team is about I love it I want to talk a bit about mental health and just you know in particularly during the period we've just come out of so us here in Melbourne, obviously been through the lockdowns, mm. you know, a lot of our teams have been working remotely yeah. and whatnot. It's been tough on all of mm. us, you know. How have you guys navigated through that period and getting people still excited yeah. and just not even excited, that's just one step back, just just content yeah. even just to show up every day, even if it is looking at your screen on a Zoom call or on a Teams, you know, and and I guess even more so than that, when it when it comes to the mental health of your team and also of yourself, how do you navigate through that? How can we better navigate through that? 
I think you have to be really honest about the situation that you're in or you've found yourself in and you need to to change your thinking for that period of time. So one of the conversations that I had with the team initially was, okay, this is this this is when COVID really just started. And um I was like, far out, I don't know what this means. Like, you know, and our sales when that first that first lockdown like literally plummeted for a couple of days. But unbeknownst to me, it, it just picked straight back up again. But those but those two days I was shitting poop. <laughs> like I thought, wow, like I'm, I'm going to, I've like 13 years I've put, you know, I've been in this business and now I'm going to lose it to a virus. Like this <laughs> is just great. Of all things, I would never have seen this coming. So, you know, we had a, we had a sit down. I worked out in my mind what I felt everybody could comfortably work on, uh, work with. And I had the conversation with everybody and I just said, look, we are now in a situation where everybody from a business to a personal level needs to be changing their thinking and focusing on survival and safety. It's not about saving. It's not about um, holidays, catching up with friends anymore. This is about surviving this and safely coming out of it and actually coming out of this. So, the hard conversation we all had together was this is not going to be easy. I need to know at minimum for you to put food on your table, what you can afford to earn each week. And they're the hours you're going to get. That's it. No more, no less. Cause I don't want to let anyone go. I want everybody to sustain a job. And that was the same with my husband and I, um, and luckily enough, you know, everybody understood it. We we're all in tears. We we're all just scared. I think we we're, but we shared that uh, fear together. And again, I was very transparent, very vulnerable about it because I just said, my goal is that everybody is in this together. We all stay in this together. And there's a business at the end of this for all of us to continue working. So I think there was definitely a level of respect from everybody that, that we're all trying to do that. And that's what I was trying to achieve. And luckily enough, after say a month, we, we all went back to pretty much normal. Like it was great. We, I I could safely Mm. after that month, I was like, no, I just don't think we're going to be affected by this. So, you know, we were definitely one of the very few brands that, um, didn't suffer any financial loss, nor did we have have to part with any of our staff, which was great. But just the way everybody came together and um, supported each other at the beginning and, and understood the new direction, and that's what's clear. You need to, even whether it's in a relationship, your expectation of your child, it's changing sometimes your goals and your expectations. That's okay. They do have to change sometimes. And we've all learned that very hard lesson that sometimes you just have to go into survival mode um, to, you know, have those opportunities at the other end. So um, I think, so one of the things as time progressed with COVID was that, of course, there was rules and regulations that we had to stick to, you know, who could work from home, work from home. Um, obviously, because we're an online business, we were considered an essential service. Go figure. I never considered that we'd be considered that, but that's <laughs> what it come down to. If you're allowed to work, you're an essential service. So being online, we could do that. And so, of course, the production and the pick pack staff could work. Um, and a couple of the office staff at a time that do more of the operations side of it. But, you know, there were times where I felt that there was probably some office staff that were not doing well at home, and so I would make them come in. And, you know, for me, um, whether it was just swapping so that they could 
do what the other office person was. It were always COVID safe. But if I sensed that anybody was feeling isolated, I would get them to come in. Um, I was constantly checking in on on everybody, especially those ones that were working from home. Um, I, I think it's really just making sure that you're checking in on people. People just want you can't solve someone's headspace, and and you can't fix things for people. But what you can do is make them feel important, valued, and respected enough that you've taken the time to check in on them. Even if it is a quick text or a quick Zoom or a quick WhatsApp message, I'm thinking of you here if you need to chat. It's that very moment in time. It's not the bunch of flowers you bought. It's the one you picked, isn't it? So that's all people want to know is that, you know, you're thinking of them in that moment. And I think that that goes a long way for people's mental health. Um, and, you know, if, if people just need to have some time off, let them have some time off. You know, they'll, they'll respect and, and, and appreciate that. I just love your philosophy around that, you know, the, the mutual benefit, the mutual respect, the mutual we're in, you know, that we're in this together philosophy. I think that's something that a lot of businesses and brands mm-hmm. and, and companies, you know, sometimes lack. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we're looking at it from the employee side to the people in our team's point of view, it's, you know, they just want to rock up to a great environment yeah. every day. If we're not used to that level of mutual respect yeah. and mutual value exchange and we've perhaps come from a workplace that just wasn't like that and now we're kind of forced to create a work- workplace like that because we want the best for our team and our business, how can we kind of shift our mindset there? And for you, you know, you mentioned early on before Adorn you were going through like a whole, you know, different workplaces, different values. How were you able to determine what was most important for you and your business and run it that way? Yeah, look, definitely. I mean, I've worked in lots of different industries and I think for me, one of the standout things was just not having um, anyone really respect my contribution, no matter how small or big it was to them. I think it was just, you know, them not knowing who you were or what you even do. Uh, I just think it really comes down to that. Everyone wants to feel worthy and everyone wants to have some feeling of importance, don't they? Like we want to feel that we we're here for a reason, like we we are of some significance to someone. So I think if you genuinely are feeling that and show these people that you do find their presence significant, it's just naturally something that they want to give in return. Like, you know, it's that whole thing, you know, ask questions because people love to talk about themselves. And and it's just because it's not because they're necessarily egotistical. It's just that they've got things to share and they and they love that you think they're important enough to talk about stuff. So it's definitely I don't know. I feel like sometimes businesses are too scared to give their employees too much praise in case it goes to their head and, well, then they, she might want a pay rise and then she might want, you know, she might want to, I don't know, she might leave. Like that's not what Calm happens. <laughs> that's not what happens. They want to stay with you more. They don't want to leave. You praising your staff and 
like genuinely appreciating them makes them want to stay. It's it's the total opposite of what most people think. They're not going to ask for a pay rise if they don't think they deserve it. And anyway, you should be bloody giving it to them without yeah. them asking. Like if they've got to ask, maybe you're not paying them enough. Like it's um, – but, look, you do sometimes come across, across people that just are not a good fit and, you know, just in life there's certain people you wouldn't be friends with, certain people you wouldn't associate with, and there's definitely people you wouldn't employ. Um, so it's not always about your culture – it's it is about making sure you get the right people on board and if you have accidentally employed the wrong one making sure that that person's not allowed to remain for too long because that can upset the the amazing foundation that you've started yes yes I want to talk a bit about finding the right people, you know. Mm. So I think exactly what you just said if you've employed the wrong one you, you know you've got to you've got to let them go or you've got to just make a decision there yeah. but you know how can we find those really amazing people to join us on our journey as founders and as entrepreneurs? I think can be very daunting. It definitely was for me and is for me still to give a little bit of what I make to someone else to try and grow what we're doing. Mm. So, you know, how can we get better at that? Good people are like gold nuggets. Oh, They're very rare and hard to find. And when you do, you bloody look after them. <laughs> um one of look a few things that I do is this: I prefer to employ through uh, people that have been referred to me. Some people are very against that, like, oh, I would never employ staff, I would never employ friends of friends. But I actually, that's where I start because then I feel if I have a genuine, a general understanding of what makes them tick and their lifestyle, then I'm kind of gonna get a gauge on how they're going to perform in a business so or a workplace. So I, I prefer people to be referred to me, um, especially knowing that most people wouldn't refer because it falls back on them if the, unless the person was exceptional. Uh, so there's only been probably a couple that I've employed cold from like not knowing anything about them and even then I still socially stalk them to make sure <laughs> yeah. that they're Sounds okay. You know, yes. Um but it's, again, it's more because I employ for attitude. I don't employ for education. Uh, it's attitude. And one of the ways I determine that is, one, a little bit about them from being referred uh, and also how they walk into the interview. If someone walks fairly fast and with purpose, I'm more inclined to employ them than someone who's slow and floppy and meanders. Um, that's just... This is just one thing I look at. Does it define if I give them a job or not? No, but it is one thing I look at is how determined they are to walk. So I always try and employ people where my desk and chair is furthest from the door so I can watch how they've come in um, and what sort of presence they have. And, and you know they're all going to be nervous, That's but you get that, but it's the way they walk that I, I look at that, that sort of sense of determination or is this person sort of like, oh, a bit timid and I'm going to have to, you know, assist them a little bit more. So, and, and that's not to say, it's, I mean, I've had some very shy people that shine um, the most if you give them uh, the time of day. So I, I just think key thing is to, I mean, look, I don't think I have ever, ever employed for education or ex or even necessarily experience. It's definitely been attitude and someone who I think is not precious. And I'm very open and as are the managers now around what the expectation is. And that is that you uh, assist in any department that might be necessary. Uh, there is no attitude around 
hierarchy here. Um, you know, yeah, like you, there's flexibility, but we expect it in return. Um, you know, set, like really setting those expectations around um, what the culture is here and and what, and because to me, you know, we've got such a good culture now. And even if you start out and it's you, you are the culture and you should protect that. You don't want to employ one, even one person that's going to pull from your culture and your persona and, and how you are. And you want to get up and have someone to bounce off. If you're not bouncing off that one employee, but they're just dragging you down, then that's, you're not creating a good culture for yourself. So most importantly, when you're starting out, make sure that that culture is a fit for you. Because if it's a fit for you and the next person and the next person, it becomes so much easier to employ them because you've just created something you want to be involved in and you want to hang out with and that you want to banter with and, and run ideas off. Like if you're not sparked with joy chatting to someone, then piss them off because they're not they're, they're, they're destined for someone else's journey, not yours. Um, you know, for me, that's definitely how I, especially having one or two employees to start with, I mean, I had to get along with them more to me. Like I, I needed to know, you know, literally if I was vomiting, you'd assist me, like, because <laughs> I was working from home. So you, you literally had to. Um, and now we've got such a strong foundation that I think anyone that got employed that was not a good fit would get weeded out anyway because it's just so tight with how everybody works and, and you know, that support and respect for each other and, you know, people look out for each other if anyone feels that someone's spoken to the other wrongly or, like, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to watch and I'm super proud. And and as you know, like, half of my team are my family. So, you know, you can work with family. Uh, I don't, it's not, you know, it's not a handout session. I mean, they've got to be able to perform the job. It's not a charity service. But, um you know, maybe you expect a bit more from, your, you know, from family because you don't want to have that uncomfortable situation where you have to let anyone go. But, you know, it can work. It can work. And to me, again, it's just I just don't employ anyone I don't respect. It's as simple as that. And just so much respect for you that you do have, like, your, your culture is just awesome. And I think, you know, as a founder, as someone that's done the hard yards, gone through it all. And, you know, as you said, 13 years and we've heard so much about your amazing story, but also tough, the Mm. the tough journey of of the business and getting it here. Oh, I love it. I want to end today's episode on this idea of communication and the value of that and the role that that plays when it comes to team relationships and I guess just cultivating that kind of good vibe, Mm. you know, what's your take on communication and how, how can we get better at communicating with our team, making sure we're not crossing the boundary of professionalism and, you know, personal. Yeah. That's, um, that's always hard, isn't it? Because everybody's got their, uh, they've got their boundaries as to what they're prepared to talk to and not. And I guess it, it really comes down to um, just making sure that it, it's it's about open communication, but more importantly, people feeling safe that they can communicate that they're not comfortable with something and that they'll be heard. And there's definitely been times in the past where I've been approached and said, look, I wasn't quite comfortable with the conversation that was had. The conversation, there was nothing wrong with it. The people didn't mean it, but it's just because of an experience I've had. It just triggered off a few things. So, you know, and that was great that they felt that they could 
come to us and that they knew that we would respect that and that conversation would never happen again. Like it wasn't even a, a bad one. It was just a triggering conversation for that person. So it's creating that safe place and, and just saying up front that, you know, this is an environment where it's half, it is half family and then the rest are uh, a detached family that have just come along for the, the ride. And, um, you know, there will be things that maybe get discussed. And so if you at any point of time um, you're not comfortable with that, you just let us know and it won't be something that is spoken about because we understand that we all come from different walks of life. We have all different uh, morals, moral compasses, um, you know, and and it's making sure that we value everybody's opinion on on things that they should and shouldn't be talking about Um, because we are quite open and and everybody can hear everything that's being said here so there's kind of no privacy really so you do have to be mindful of that and and I'm a big f-bomb person (laughs) if you haven't gathered um especially my recent bloopers um that I've been posting so but but, and I'm conscious of that not everyone's comfortable probably with the amount of times I'll drop that word so I I do pull back on it um you know so it's expect it's respect again isn't it that you know yeah I'm comfortable swearing but other people aren't always comfortable hearing it so it's a it's a level of uh respect both ways not having an attitude well I don't have a problem with it it's their problem like if you're going to have these attitudes then you you're always going to have um, an environment that's a little bit uncomfortable. So communicate, set the expectation, let people know that it's a safe place. Um, and I know some of the team over the years have been uncomfortable with, you know, that there is family here and, and how am I going to react hearing that maybe a family member that don't agree with something or something. But for me, even more so, I have to project the importance of while everybody's here, we're Adorn employees and it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're my mum or my sister or my brother, um, you know, I will still discuss inappropriate things or expectations um, and you need to be able to, uh, you need to be someone who can actually have those boundaries. It's quite difficult. Not everybody's great at managing people. It's not everyone's forte. Um, so stick to the, the lane that you're comfortable with. If you're not great with managing staff, their expectations and the way they are, then eventually maybe your goal would be to have someone in HR that's super awesome with, with people. I, and I know that one of my, um, you know, positive attributes is that I am very, a very good communicator. And, and so it, it comes easily for me to manage people. I'm very good at picking up on people's personalities, what makes them tick. Um, very good with that. Not everybody is. So, and that's okay. It's just about then maybe that's the goal is to find someone that can communicate those messages and, and have that safe channel, um, for your staff. Because ultimately there's a legal responsibility there. Um, but you know, you'd like to think that there's an ethical one there also. Oh, such a great way to end a great conversation. Oh, Bryony, we have missed you. It's been so oh, great too long. to have you. Oh, to have you back on the mic. And hopefully you all enjoyed today's yeah, episode. Absolutely. Thanks, Bryony. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what 
what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an Adorner and receive special offers on all things Adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.